Waiting on a tax return? Hopefully it ends up in your hands. Fraudulent tax returns due to identity theft increased by 30% in 2023. If you're in a bind this tax season, LifeLock can help. Our U.S.-based restoration specialists are experts dedicated to helping solve your identity theft issues. And all LifeLock plans are backed by the Million Dollar Protection Package. So we'll reimburse you up to the limits of your plan if you lose money due to identity theft. Help protect your information this tax season with LifeLock. Save up to 25% your first year at LifeLock.com slash aware. Tax day is coming. Oh, no. But if you sign up for Robinhood Gold's IRA with a 3% match, you can get up to $195 for the 2023 tax year. Oh, yeah. Sign up at Robinhood.com slash boost by tax day to get the biggest contribution match on the market. Subscription fees apply. Investing involves risk. 3% match requires gold for one year from first match. Must keep IRA for five years. Robinhood Financial LLC, member SIPC. Welcome to the polls here, here on Joy News. I trust you had a very wonderful weekend. We are back. It's Monday, the start of another beautiful week. Today's edition of, on the polls, U.S. Ambassador warns of potential blacklisting and ban on Ghanaian products in the United States market if anti-LGBTIQ bill is passed by Parliament, insisting it will be harder for her to sell Ghana as trade and investment destination. I have no doubt that such legislation would have a chilling effect on Ghana as an investment destination. Companies have already talked to me about American consumers being unwilling to buy things that are made in a country with such repressive legislation. But sponsors of the bill, Sam Joy, says he's only seeking to protect the sanctity of the Ghanaian society. Also, NDC flabbera John Dramani Mahama has promised to build a 24-hour economy to create jobs and boost the economy, among other initiatives. What is his game plan and how does he intend to make this happen? Thank you. Don't lose hope in your country. Ghana has a bright future. We can turn things around. We are going to lift Ghana and put her back on her feet. We also have an update on the tour of the Bono East region. Also coming up in today's edition, up north, MPP flag bearer Dr. Mohamed Baumia is on a thank you tour of the northern region. We are live to the regional capital where he's been breaking bread with his kinsmen. These and more here on the polls. My name is Elton Brobe. It's a pleasure to be with you. The polls is brought to you by Global Communities Digilu, affordable, safe sanitation for all. We are live on DSTV on channel 421. Go TV125, follow us on Facebook, YouTube, and myjoyonline.com for these and many more stories. We shall be back.
We cannot settle for the details in today's edition of The Pulse. Now, Ghanaian products risk potential blacklisting and ban in the United States of America if the anti-LGBTIQ is passed in its present form. That's a warning coming from the U.S. Ambassador to Ghana, Virginia Palmer, who insists the bill is hostile, discriminatory, and undermines the rights of people who promote, practice, and associate with the LGBTI community. The promotion of proper human sexual rights and Ghanaian Family Value Bill 2021, sponsored by Ningo Pram Pram MP Sam George and seven others, is yet to be considered by the House. Addressing the American Chamber of Commerce events here in Accra, the Ambassador of Virginia Palmer says it will be hard for her to promote Ghana as an investment destination if the bill is passed. Um, treating existing investors, you here in this room, well, tangibly improves the investment climate and unnecessary barriers to entry and partnership, such as high minimum thresholds for investment, hinder it. We have terrific small and medium-sized enterprises on both sides of the Atlantic that could be on creating new ventures. For Ghanaian companies facing really sky-high interest rates, an investment infusion of even $50,000 could be transformational. And what, why inhibit that? But when we talk about lowering barriers to trade and investment, we also need to talk about treating people fairly and ensuring your employees are safe and protected from legalized discrimination. So I want to broach a subject which I know is a little bit sensitive. But it has a more important business context than most people realize. Ghana's parliament is con considering a bill that would curtail the human rights of the LGBT community, their families, allies, and quite frankly, all Ghanaians. Everybody has opinions about the issue, and I respect those opinions very much, even if I disagree with them. But very few people have read the bill. I think very few people understand that the reality is that the bill undermines the basic free speech rights that Ghanaians otherwise enjoy. The goal of the bill, the drafters are not shy about advertising, is to make Ghana hostile, not only to LGBT people, but to anyone who even sympathizes with them. It seeks to make illegal all discussion and all media that even mentions LGBT issues. So journalists would be arrested, landlords would be arrested, mothers and fathers could be arrested. If passed, the bill will make it harder for you not only to recruit and hire the best people from overseas, but it will marginalize educated and hardworking Ghanaians by making it clear that they are unwelcome. I have no doubt that such legislation would have a chilling effect on Ghana as an investment destination. Companies have already talked to me about American consumers being unwilling to buy things that are made in a country with such repressive legislation. It will make it harder for me to sell Ghana as an investment and trade destination. So the legislation, in addition to undermining public health and public order, would reduce forex inflows, cut into your bottom line, and reduce your workforce options, not something Ghana's suffering business environment needs now. I'm truly thankful for those of you who've had the courage to raise these issues with Ghanaian policymakers. As representatives of the business community and as the partners Ghana needs to be a truly inclusive 21st century economy, your voices need to be heard now more than ever. So to sum up, implementing simple pro-business policies could accelerate the diaspora megatrend that we are all seeing and some of you are embodying. But Ghana won't benefit automatically from that trend. Foreign companies moving here to invest and employ Ghanaians need to see trade, regulation, and legal frameworks that allow businesses to thrive while protecting their employees. 
I remain optimistic that Ghana's tolerance and democracy will prevail and that her stability will continue to, to thrive and Black Star Rising will continue to be a beacon for the rest of West Africa and beyond. And I trust that with your help, challenges in the business environment will be overcome. And you can count on my help and the help of the team at the embassy to, to magnify your voices, to have quiet words in the ear of the president or the ministers, or to speak out publicly when required. Well, addressing the United Nations Program on Human Rights in New York, sponsor of the bill, Sam George, says he's only seeking to protect the moral sanctity of the Ghanaian society. As a natural-born man, a charismatic Christian, a husband of one woman, a father of three children, and an elected member of Ghana's parliament, I hold the role of the family extremely sacred. I believe that the right to found the family and determine same is a right that accrues to everyone within the context and spirit of the 1992 Constitution of the Republic of Ghana, the African Charter on Human and People's Rights, the UN Universal Declaration of Human Rights, and several other recognized international treaties like the International Covenant on Civil and Political Rights and the International Covenant on Economic, Social, and Cultural Rights. 75 years after the UDHR, the spirit and letter are more poignant than at any other time in our history. At a time in our world where supposedly progressive forces are agitating for a redefinition of the core principles of what a family is and represent in a somewhat regressive manner. The genuinely progressive voices like those in this room must rise in defense of family, its values and protections. The concept of the natural family is under attack and a siege is being attempted on the spirit of the Declaration of Human Rights. Let me be clear here and now, sirs and ma'ams, there is a distinct difference between sex and gender or gender identity. The pseudo-war being waged by some against the families premised on this obfuscation and literal obliteration of the distinction between sex and gender. Sex is a biological construct that transcends race, ethnicity, religion, and jurisdictional jurisprudence. Sex is binary. You're either male or female. God determines this at the moment of conception. A fetus carries either the XX or XY chromosome, determining whether it is born female or male. From my beloved Ningo Pram Pram constituency in Accra, Ghana, to New York, and Rio de Janeiro to Madrid or Delhi to Perth, the interpretation of XY and XX is constant. Gender or gender identity, on the other hand, is a social construct that has evolved on the peculiarities of various societies. From the onset, matching the binary nature of sex, There is no universality in the concept of gender or gender identity, and it is highly fluid. And as such, gender or gender identity cannot form the basis for any rights accruing in a covenant, a convention, or international treaty which seeks to be globally acceptable and binding because we have different interpretations. This is the basis for my avowed position that the letter and spirit of the UN Universal Declaration of Human Rights is apt and meets the needs of our global world today. It emphasizes in Article, two of the rights, in Article 2 the rights and freedoms in the Declaration and it's clear that there shall be no distinctions made based on sex. Yes, it says sex, not gender or gender identity. This is a definite position and must be defended by all progressive forces. The UDHR in Article 
makes yet another actual position that I of the principle of sex and not gender. As a proud African, Article 2 of our African Charter on Human and People's Rights also echoes the principles of enjoyment of rights without prejudice to sex and not gender. As Africans, the role of the family is cardinal to our society and its well-being. To reinforce this, Article 18 of the African Charter recognizes the family as society's natural unit and, basic, and basis. It imposes a responsibility on member states in the African Union to protect the physical health and morals of the family. Yes, it said morals of the family. It declares the family as the custodian of morals and traditional values recognized by the community. The Charter says there is no ambiguity here that the values of family as a union between a natural-born man and woman must be protected by all of us. Against this backdrop, Together with seven of my colleagues in Ghana's parliament, I'm sponsoring a private member's bill titled The Promotion of Proper Human Sexual Rights and Ghanaian Families Values Bill 2021 in Ghana's parliament. In conclusion, I reference the critical role that a family plays in the development of society through the development, education, and upbringing of children. Article 18, 3, and 4 of the International Covenant on Civil and Political Rights declares respect for the liberties of parents and legal guardians to ensure their children's religious and moral education in conformity with the convictions of the parents and legal guardians. This right is not given to an educational board or a pressure group or a government. It is the sole right and preserve of parents in the family unit. Ladies and gentlemen here in Gathered at the UN headquarters in New York, the family must remain respected and recognized as the union between natural born men and women of full age who have the right and responsibility to determine by their beliefs and in conformity with the generality of their community. So that's Subjoice before the United Nations uh, General Assembly in New York, advancing the reason why this particular bill he is, he together with seven others are sponsoring, has been given a hearing. Now in the studio is one of the sponsors, the Member of Parliament for Ho West, Emmanuel Bedrab. Mr. Ajoy, you're welcome to the Pause you. on Joy Thank News. You, of course, also on the via Zoom, we have Dr. Ishmael Lovo, international relations expert. Doctor, you're welcome to the party on Joy News. If you can kindly unmute for us. Okay, I think I have a mute. Right. Can you, you hear me? Yes, absolutely. And good afternoon, welcome. I trust you had a wonderful weekend. Uh, yeah, good afternoon to you and your viewers. And good afternoon to the Honorable in the studio. All right. Right. So, you also watching us on Joy News, you can also. Uh, join with your comments, your contribution. If you have any questions at all, you can as well uh, leave it on our social media handles and we'll bring it out to the attention of our resource persons this afternoon. So we look at this very delicate issue that is before our parliament. Let me start with Honorable Bedra because he's one of the seven sponsors uh, of the bill. This is a private member's motion, so it has no government backing, if you like. This is uh, the initiative of members of parliament and because the rules allow them to do so that is how come they have put this bill before parliament and if it finds favor with members of parliament it will pass and then per the president own directive it can become a law that all of us will have to live by Honorable once again you're welcome Thank you. so let's quickly run through where we are now i know for example uh the committee presented it, it report on the floor 
the report was adopted, which means that the policy and principles of the bill has been accepted by members of parliament. What is next is for the bill to be taken to second reading, where we're going to have the consideration of the clauses, and then we'll see what happened afterwards. So where are we, if you can just quickly, yeah, Elton, that is why you. it's taking so long for the second reading to start. Thank you very much, Elton, uh, and, and good afternoon to my colleague, panelists, and your viewers. Uh, let me say that the bill has gone to the second reading already. Okay. This, is the, this is the report from the committee. Mm. It's passed to the second reading. So we are now going to consideration. Yes, we've almost there. In fact, I should have brought the, our, our um, votes and proceedings mm. as well as our... Uh, it's been advertised since Monday. Uh, no, since yes, last week, Monday, mm. for the consideration stage. And so our understanding is that before we rise on the 22nd of this month, mm. the 22nd of December, we have passed the bill. What we've done largely, since the private members, we've agreed with the committee, mm. that's the legal constitution committee, mm. to we know, you know, go through the bill and agree as to areas that we need to make changes, mm. amend, which we have done, we've accepted it largely, and also together with our sponsors. You know, we have the coalition of a proper human sexual mm. rights that sponsor the bill through us as private members and, 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 and the general public. And so there are few changes in, to the original bill, mm. which we have all accepted. So as for the consideration, I think one or two days should be able to finish with So how many clauses do we have in this in the bill? Currently, we have uh, close to 27 clauses. 27 of, yeah, 27. Uh, okay, 24 clauses mm. of the bill. And the last one is the consequential amendment, which is a which is a so 24 clauses uh, that this bill have. It's not any big bill that mm. cannot pass in a day. In a day, all right. So let me get your initial reaction to the U.S. ambassador to Ghana, who says that what you are seeking to promote is hostile, discriminatory, and should have no you know uh, space as far as a society that encourages everybody to do what is right and what is fair before the law, it shouldn't be encouraged. What is your initial reaction to it? Well, so we, can get thing, we did not start by promoting this bill in Parliament. Uh, we took into consideration the Ghanaians' um, view as well as research that was done by CDD. Uh, in, that was uh, in 2018 when um, USAID commissioned CDD to conduct the research as to whether Ghanaians will accept, you know, a gay marriage as well as a LGBT uh, a program in this country. In fact, close to about 80% of Ghanaians says that they will not accept it. It, sh- it shows clearly that Ghanaians are not in favor with any of this lifestyle, that we call it lifestyle, mm. it's not a human rights issue at all, any of this lifestyle in our society. And so we say, well, if that is it, then why don't we legislate? We legislate, we legislate because we are here, we are in parliament as a moral compass and a moral conscience of Ghanaians. You sent us there to make sure that we have laws that protect our own sanctity, protect mm-hmm. our morality, protect, protect our values and protect our culture norms. And as we have in our own uh, uh, 1992 constitution, we still have um, where we need to protect our culture uh, values in the country. And so we said, well, let's, let's, let's put our heads together. And through the help of the coalition, we came out with this private members bill, which was largely accepted. Elton, it will interest you to know that the day we pass it, that's the second reading, mm. 275 members of parliament all approved 
that it should go through the, the, the last stage, which is the consideration, mm. the third reading. So largely, if the conscience, 275 members of parliament decide and they agree that this should go through and become a law protecting our sanctity in this country, I don't see why anybody from anywhere will be against it. Fair enough. Uh, this morning, I, I granted an interview rather than an interview to one of your sister stations, and I told them, I said, why would the um, a U.S. ambassador, his counterpart in Saudi Arabia, decide that, well, America will not do business with Saudi Arabia or Qatar or any of the Arab countries? Why is she doing this into Ghana? Why is it that it's only Ghana that wants to pass this bill and she's, you know, propagating that we should not pass it? If we pass it, America will not be, do business. She can go to hell. For us, we care about, we care less about it. Isn't that too, too strong a word to No, that? she, can go, she to can, can go to hell. And I'll tell you why she can go to hell. We have been subservient to this, you know, America for a very long time. Mm. And, and it looks like anytime there is anything, then they hold you by your, your bottles. They hold you by your, your prick. And they say, well, if you don't do this, I will not do this into you. Why can't we now have a strategic decision that we decide that we want to be on our own than depending on America? Fair enough. We've signed Agua. We've signed, you know, uh, all kinds of... If you only have a 401k, you're not getting the most for retirement. Wait, what? Add a Robinhood IRA on top, then they'll boost it by 3%. You can do that? And if you transfer in any retirement account, you get 3% on top of that. Is there a limit to the match? No limit. Robinhood Gold gets you the biggest contribution match of any IRA on the market. Sign up for Robinhood Gold at Robinhood.com slash boost by April 30th. Subscription fees apply. Investing involves risk. 3% match requires gold for one year from first match. Must keep IRA for five years. Match on transfers subject to additional terms and conditions. Robinhood Financial LLC, member SIPC. Agreement with America, mm. and so will you say the, the, the agreement I will sign with you through the Agua? You will now say that you repeal it and will not go by your own agreement that we cannot import our goods to American market. Then we will also not la- allow any of the American businesses to, you know, to fetter in, in this country. To operate in this country, fair enough. We are we, we have other countries that we can do business with. Is it only the America that we can do business with? She should stop propagating this lie. She should stop doing what she's doing. She's only re- referring what the bill co- uh, contains. Yes. Her comments finds expression in some of the clauses that are in the bill. So you can't say that she's yes, propagating lies. Yes, so she lies. should tell us, well, so we asked initially, when we send memo, we send, we ask people to present their memo. Has she presented a memo to us that she doesn't want this on that clause? She's looking at the entirety of the bill and said so we should rubbish it. We should not even pass it. It's not, she's not being fair to us at all. We are in 275 intelligent Ghanaians put out there or voted for in parliament, and we decided to come up with a bill. And you are telling us that for us, we, are not, we, we don't know what we are doing. If she has gone through this bill, and if there are area crosses that she do not agree with, she should simply write a memo to the committee, and the committee would have been we'll look at it. And now, those who have written memo to us, that has you know, find its expression in the, in the amendments that we have. Yeah. can tell you some of the amendments that we propose. We'll come to that. We'll come to that. I'm actually have in front of me the Commission on Human Rights and Administrative Justice, their own assessment on what is before Parliament and what they think that is wrong or is right. But let me also bring in Dr. Ishmael to pick his initial reaction to the issue on the table. Dr. Ishmael Lobo, so you heard the U.S. Ambassador to Ghana. You've also listened to a sponsor of the bill, Mr. Uh, what do you think should be the middle ground as an international relations expert? Um, 
Good afternoon once again to you and your viewers. Uh, I think that this is an issue largely based on morality and what a society considers as the most appropriate way of life. Mm. But having said that, uh, we must recognize that the U.S. ambassador uh, have to say what he said because he comes from a particular society mm. where they have accepted that a man could marry a man and a woman could equally marry a woman. Mm. Uh, and therefore, we have to accord her the, the, the rights to say what she has said uh, because in their society, the gay lobby, it's a powerful political force. They could unseat uh, uh, MPs, if you want to call them that way, and, and, and the president. So therefore, in that society, the political class is quite sensitive to issues of, 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 of gay rights. But uh, having said that, we must also recognize that passing this bill will have implications in terms of um, how we do business with some countries in the world, particularly with the Western world. Um, whether we like it or not, uh, the Western world has always been uh, uh, been able to uh, conjole us into doing things that sometimes contrary to our will. If you look at Uganda, for instance, uh, which, which has passed one of the most draconian anti-gay legislation, mm. uh, you observe that the U.S. actually uh, have uh, reviewed their status under AGWA, and, and therefore they are no longer eligible under AGWA uh, as, as, as it is. And of course, there has been travel restriction on, on their top level officials. But of course, the Ugandan bill is extreme. That in oh. some instances, it prescribes uh, a uh, uh, death penalty oh. for, for some offenses under uh, uh, the, the, the law. In, in our case, of course, once this bill is passed, some countries like the US will update their travel. Uh, advice, uh, their travel advice guidelines to their citizens. And most citizens, when they want to invest, they rely on some of these uh, guidelines that their nations put across to make decisions concerning destination. So I think that what the ambassador uh, was trying to communicate is the fact that if you pass the legislation, then automatically some U.S. citizens who may be members of this group will feel uncomfortable mm. to, to do business with them, which is natural, which is which is true. And, and, uh, and already, Doctor, I mean, this morning or last night at the American Chamber of Commerce event, the U.S. ambassador was quite clear that in the U.S., for example, right now, there is some kind of, uh, you know, hatred attached to some Ghanaian products on the U.S. market. And as an ambassador, it will be very difficult for her to promote Ghana as ideal place for trade and investments if the bill is passed in its present form. So clearly yes, the one is are clear so, on the wall. The problem with the ambassador's position is that he has not, he, she has not given us a clear indication of which aspect of the bill she wants to be reviewed. Uh, she just said in its current form. As the honorable member was speaking... He, I mean, clearly, clearly uh, her issue relates to the fact that the bill appears to infringe on the rights of people who are in this kind of trade, if you like. Yes, of course. So, as I said, we must also be ready to take some of the of the costs because every action we take will have some cost. The cost will be that if I am gay, I will not be comfortable investing in Ghana. So, we must be prepared to let go of gay investment. Uh, of course, we must also appreciate that in the U.S., it is not a single constituency. Yeah, indeed, there is a strong U.S. group that is anti-gay. In fact, the majority of the conservative, uh, conservative uh, um, parts are actually anti-gay. It's not everybody in the U.S., who is gay, a pro-gay. In, in fact, it's only because 
uh, what we see is, is, is like an agglomeration of uh, uh, the various views that the political leaders project a particular segment of society that they think uh, it reflects the whole of society. But indeed, in, even within her own country, there are strong anti-gay groups. There are strong family-oriented groups. So, of course, we'll lose some, we'll get some. But mm. at the end of the day, it shouldn't be like uh, we are going to war with the U.S. In fact, it's all a matter of how we interpret uh, human society, human uh, collectivity. As Africans, yes, we have taken the standard. We are not yet at a stage where uh, uh, we will allow men to marry men. It, it also reflects stages in development. Perhaps if we have developed and we have the logic, uh, we may be the ones promoting it because at the end of the day, we have the resources to cater for this group. Remember, this group is a high-risk group. Uh, you need a lot of resources to equip the hospital to be able to deal with their peculiar uh, 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 health, health needs. So it's not a matter of just trying to give them their right, if you put it that way. It's also a matter of having the right socioeconomic environment that allow the government and, 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 the, and, and the institution that, that, that are responsible to provide the needed uh, assistance to them to live. So if at this point in our development, we mm. feel like it is not appropriate, uh, it is right that, that we are giving that respect as a society, but we must also not expect that after passing the bill, business will continue as usual. Indeed, if the bill contains serious infringement on human rights, mm. who expects the Western-led international world to react? Indeed, in the case of Uganda, again, the World Bank actually uh, frees uh, additional uh, lending. Uh, Absolutely, they are suffering for that. Yes, of course. So, but then as a country, you, you get to a point where you have to ask yourself, what is the way out? Is it always uh, 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 bending to the demands of, of, of other people, or there's a point where you think that on this particular issue, uh, you are right? If you look at it, indeed, Perhaps the African countries may have a reason to, to push for some of this legislation. Currently, uh, as we say, uh, the only place where young people are and the rest of the world are trying to recruit is in Africa. Mm. They have young people here because people continue to give birth. Perhaps that is the asset Africa have going into the future. In the next 20 or so years, what Africa has is the population. Mm. So perhaps this may be a strategy, but uh, for African countries to also... Uh, state a claim. Indeed, some of the development that have occurred in other parts of the like the Chinese, it's about the population. Right. So if we feel that uh, maybe uh, at this point we are right and they are wrong, as it were, uh, it's just a matter of uh, getting ready to take the course because okay. you can't pass a legislation like this and expect uh, 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 the others to come around as usual. Indeed, there will be some uh, that we have some issues we have to deal with. All right, uh, Dr. Ishmael, Lowe, I'll come to you for you to wrap up on this matter. But let me uh, again come back to the studio and to put a question directly to Honorable Emmanuel Bejra. The question is if, uh, on my own volition, I decide that I want to follow a certain sexual you know, preference, why should that be a concern for you as Member of Parliament to regulate how I should lead my life? It should be a concern. You leave an environment, an environment is Ghanaian environment. The Ghanaian environment has laws. The Ghanaian environment has, you know, certain moral values that we cherish. As, as, as a Ghanaian, you are not supposed to do things beyond your own moral values. Mm. Where you are coming from, the Ashanti region, there are certain Ashanti cultural norms that you have to, I mean, when you get to Ashanti in this place, you have to bow. Will you say because now you have arrived, you've reached, you know, where you are supposed to be, therefore you are no longer an Ashanti? No, you're a Ghanaian. And so if you have moral values, you have laws mm. 
that we all cherish. Why don't you go by it? Some That's, say the world has evolved. Yes, the world has evolved. The world has evolved because those of them who think it has evolved will continue to do whatever they are doing. Go to America, for instance. Yes, as he has mentioned, the, 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 the birth rate in America or the population is reducing. Other places they are reducing. In Europe, it's reducing. Why? Because they decide that a man should marry a man. Can a man give birth? I mean, can a man and a, a man who are in a relationship, can they you know, produce? They cannot procreate. And so we want to procreate. We Africans, we believe that the best thing is to procreate. And he has mentioned it, that our population is an asset to us. And so why don't we believe in that asset and create development for ourselves, create you know, economy for ourselves, than depending on others who continue to you know, cause us to, to believe in what they believe in. But can't this, can this be done without infringing on the rights of those who want to practice this trade? Can it, can, sorry, come again. I, I, I must say, whether, can't you achieve what you are seeking to achieve without infringing on the rights of uh, people? Who will this? not come to your bedroom to arrest you when you are doing it? Mm -hmm. Okay? We are saying that don't do it. And so, just as a thief, if a thief is caught, you'll go to the court. Mm. Now, if you are caught, you, 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 you is being sent to court for, for, for whatever sanctions that need to be done. And so, we are not telling you that in, in, in simple terms, we are not telling you that Stinchina go by what we are saying. If you know what you are doing is right, do it in your bedroom. But when you come out to do it, the law will, will take its own course. The Commission on Human Rights and Administrative Justice has issues with Clause 12.2 and Clause 15 and system. Clause 12.2 seeks to guard any form of advocacy aimed at protecting LGBTI persons from acts of intimidation, assault, harassment, violence, uh, homophobia, which undermines their rights to live as human beings, devoid of their rights to live without fear. And Clause 16 and 15 says that these clauses violate the rights of, to freedom of expression and opinion, freedom of association, freedom of assembly and movement, which are critical for protecting the rights of LGBT persons to mount advocacy campaigns to protect themselves from imminent danger or threats to their life occasioned by homophobic propaganda. Shrugs things that these clauses, some of them, you must find a way to make it more friendly. Yes, we have done some of this. We have done some amendment. Uh, it's here to go through the um, go through what we call the amendment stage. The, the, yeah. And and as soon as it goes through the consideration stage, it, and I can give you a typical example, right. as as you mentioned, clause 16. But I will, I will come to consistent uh, 17 first. Let me start with yes. 17, where you have the various forms of um, prohibition uh, to LGBTQ. We we've noticed that. For instance, if you talk about intercess, intercess is, is a natural form of deformity. Mm. We cannot say it's because uh, God, you, 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 you have two sexual organs, that is the male and female, you know, and therefore you should be punished for that. And so we're taking that out. So there's no intercess in our bill. At the end of the day, intercess will not be part of those who will be punished. Because, and if you decide to go to have any medical you know, operation, surgical operation, to align your, mm. your, your gender, your sex with whatever chromosome that you have, that is left to you to do, and, 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 and the bill gives you, you know, that support to do it. Now, that is the intercess part. Now, when it comes to propaganda, we are saying that we don't want the propaganda bit of it. People, you know, having an association and, and telling Ghanaians, teaching our Ghanaians. Let me give you a typical example. Recently, you heard of the comprehensive sexual education in our in our, uh, you know, teaching our young children at a class four, uh, little as class four, mm. to, to learn about their own sexuality. Right. And that, 
trying to orient them that you, if you're a man, you can, you can decide to be a woman. Yes. You know, those are the things we are talking about, that we don't want those propaganda, we don't want those issues to be, you know, to be, to be, to be, to, to be shown even out there for us to see. And so it is in any form of propaganda that will promote this uh, LGBTQ plus plus activity in the country. What about the promotion, especially for the media? Yeah. And I mean, why do you want to promote it? Why would the media want to promote something that we said we don't want as a country? If the law goes through and the president has sent you, and I know the president was sent to it, as the president has sent you, why do you want to promote it? In the interest it? of free expression. In the interest of free expression. Don't you have free expression? Can't you, would you like to promote um, somebody who is a thief? What well, those sales? Do you want to promote a thief in this country? We have laws against stealing. And so, will you come to the studio and say, okay, I want to promote those who want to steal? No. If this law is passed, you know, with all the am amendment, we cannot promote it. And we don't want you to promote it because we don't want you to tell my child how he should live, that my child should become a man, whilst my child is a, a woman. We want them to know that you are a woman. God created you to be a woman, and therefore you must stay being a woman. So you say that the latest amendments that this is going through, even though is yet to be put before the House for the consideration stage to start, you think that you have addressed all the concerns that came up after the second reading? In fact, we had, we had concerns from Shraj, as you mentioned. We have mm -hmm. concerns from some people who claim to be activists of LGBT, you know, and, and they brought their concern. We have concerns from outside. In mm -hmm. fact, this bill attracted close to about 200 memos, memorandums from all over the world. And so whatever it is, we have all addressed it, we've looked at it, and where we think that it, it corresponds to our thinking, we allow it, you know, and where we think it, it doesn't go. For instance, if you, somebody indulges in, in activity and you are giving the person 10 years, it mm. doesn't speak very well, you know. And so we've reduced... So what is the punishment regime in this? No, okay, so for the original bill has different punishment uh, right. regime. But now we have, we, have, we have reduced it. We said, okay, so paragraph line, time, whatever, delete five, and it said three. So instead of five years, mm. we are now reducing it three years. three years. And after that, then delete it ten years instead five. But this is also subject to the approval of, of the House. Of course. So there are amendments. I mean, people should realize the amendment will come out and then they will feel free. This, this is one of the bills. In fact, I can tell you that uh, other colleagues from other West African countries are waiting for this bill to be passed and also passed in other West African uh, parliaments. But uh, uh, as a country, are we ready for the replication? There's the U.S. No... ambassador has made it clear about what we are likely to lose if we should go to this road. Are we ready? Economically, we are not independent. And so, you, I mean, you, you, you have to also look at the, the sentiment being expressed by her and how we are able to deal with it if we are hit. How long? How long can we be holding, be drawers of water, water and, and hewers of wood? How long can we be holding people's apron and begging for crumbs from America? We can also start. Um, well, Uganda has been sanctioned. Mm. I don't think Uganda will pass, you know, will be like a water reverse pillage that will con completely consume a pay. Uganda is going to stand. And this mm. is the time for Uganda to stand on their own and say, look, China closes their door, and today China is one of the countries that everybody wants to go to. Uganda can do the same thing. And I do my heart for President Yusevini. Uh, mm. What he did is even though their, their, their law is to the extreme, as he said, it even includes death penalty. We have not included death penalty. And therefore, I believe the international community will not penalize us because of this bill. Let, let, let me pick your final thoughts on this matter, Dr. Ishmael Lovo, as we bring this discussion to a close. 
I think that uh, as Parliament continue to <laughs> debate this bill, uh, yeah. we must also try and, as much as possible, uh, realize that uh, these are people who uh, already we have we have some of them among us, and, and therefore we must provide them with a way to be able to heal. If we believe that it is not a human right, that it is uh, abnormal, uh, abnormal, then it means that we must also uh, create space for them so that those of them who may want to go some sort of reforms should uh, be able to go to that reform. But as I indicated... The fear, uh, is, that, the fear is that once this is passed, then people who are into this, they now become endangered species in the country. Yes, so that, that's a danger, that then they will have to go underground. And, and therefore, uh, uh, the lawmakers must be conscious of some of these, these, yes. these, these issues. And of course, um, the, the, the implementation will also be a, a little bit challenging because... Uh, by passing that law, you will virtually give uh, a, a tool to those who are already extremely anti-gay to, to start to attack. And that's a fear rights. for a lot of people, including, I'm so, sure, that so the U.S. ambassador are, to Ghana. There are part of the bills who also include those who uh, unlawfully attack gay people because uh, in as much as uh, you consider it as, as, as uh, 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 an offense, uh, you must also be ready to provide provisions that make it impo uh, difficult for people to take the law into their own hand and, and begin to attack uh, gay people mm. any, any, anywhere they, 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 they found them. Okay. So we, we, we need to tread a little bit cautiously. We must consider the bill thoroughly. Of course, um, the U.S. ambassador should, should also know that Ghana is quite a very a relatively strong democracy. We still have the, the courts in the cell that when this bill is passed. Uh, Tax day is coming. Oh, no. But if you sign up for Robinhood Gold's IRA with a 3% match, you can get up to $195 for the 2023 tax year. Oh, yeah. Sign up at Robinhood.com slash boost by tax day to get the biggest contribution match on the market. Subscription fees apply. Investing involves risk. 3% match requires gold for one year from first match. Must keep IRA for five years. Robinhood Financial, LLC, member SIPC. It's infringing on any of the, the provisions of our constitution. Anybody could go to court and, and seek proper interpretation. Oh. And if, if, if the bill is found to be contrary to the laws of Ghana, then the, the, the judiciary will have to exercise the power of judiciary right. and, and, and strike out the, the, the bill. So, of course, we are still in a, a quite democratic society. The fact that mm -hmm. one law has come doesn't overturn democracy. But right. as I indicated, we must be ready for the courts because some people, by passing this bill, will put certain uh, uh, advices on their travel page. Their citizens will consume it. And, of course, we must also go full swing on, 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 on public diplomacy, where we also put in a lot of information on the internet about the bill, what it includes, what it does not include, so that it does, it, it, they don't misinterpret it. One of the things is that we don't put out so much... And brief you on that for me, have. yes. And brief you on what that for me. Mm, okay. yeah. What I'm saying is that you have passed a new law. The U.S. government will put an, a travel advice on, on, on their webpage, on their uh, various platform mm. for their citizens to consume. So if you don't take the lead in providing details of what the bill entails and, and how safe investors will feel in your country, then you leave them with the, with the leeway to, to kind of uh, interpret your bill the way they, under, All right. uh, they okay. will understand. Thank you very much, so Dr. Ismail Lobo. Thank you so much for your time. We don't have much time. Let, let's end it here.
Honorable uh, 30 seconds, your final words, especially for those well, who are a bit skeptical uh, about what is to come. Well, Elton, the, the bill will be passed. Uh, thankfully, the Speaker of Parliament is in full support of this bill. 275 members of Parliament are full support of this bill. All we needed to do, all we needed now is a space within this budgetary time to, have space. to, mm. to be able to pass through, uh, this bill through. And right. Ghanaians will know that they've not sent us to Parliament just to do whatever we want to do, but we are listening to the good people of Ghana and doing the best for this nation. Thank you very much. Honorable Emmanuel Bejra is a sponsor of the anti-LGBTIQ bill that is currently before Ghana's Parliament. And uh, his assurance is that once Parliament, they are hoping that they will have, they will have space on the floor for, to consider this bill. Well, we'll leave it when everything is settled, that we can advance the debate on this matter. We'll take a short break. When we return, Sami Jemfi's communication officer with the NDC joins me in the studio. We're going to talk about Joe Mohammed's 24-hour economy and other matters relating to the NDC. Stay on. Every day, people have money emergencies. Mama, I need my school fees. Emergency. Mama, I chop money. Emergency. 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 Catch it. I'm your rent. Emergency. Now, there's a new emergency number in town. More money, more money, Charlie, and enjoyment. At the top life, we got it. Dial star 770 hash for all your money emergencies in top life. Dial star 770 hash for money emergencies and get easy and quick access to your money, loans, and other banking needs. Ecobank, the Pan African Bank. Daddy, Daddy, this tank is big! Yes, that's true. It can store a lot of water. That's so true. Wow! Has a working surface like this. Mm-hmm. That's so true. I can see S I N T E X syntax. That is so true, my daughter. When it falls down, it will spoil. That's not true. But why? Yay! Syntex was the first to introduce double layer tanks in Ghana. Syntex again was the first to introduce white inner layers in Ghana. Syntex gives you the biggest warranty seven years. No matter your water needs, Syntex is the answer. Syntex tank. Are you strong? Are you tough? Smile, hmm? Look lively, okay? Smile, smile. Is the money too small?
A bad stomach ruins your day. Don't let it. Take Gastron, your most effective antacid, for the relief of symptoms of peptic ulcer, heartburn, gas pain, flatulence, and indigestion. Hey guys, what are you waiting for? Let's go, let's go. Mwah. Can you bring down their smiles more? <laughs> Gastro, effective relief from stomach discomfort. Manufactured and distributed by NS Chemist Limited. This advertisement has been written approved by the FDA. Prepare for an exhilarating experience at the main fair of the 2023 Ecobank Joy News Habitat Fair. Join us at the Accra International Conference Center from Thursday, November 23rd to Sunday, November 26th, 2023. Doors will be open from 8 a.m. to 6 p.m. each day to welcome you. This year, we are diving into the theme of home ownership, exploring the nuances between affordability, comfort, and luxury. Whether you're embarking on your home ownership journey or looking for upgrades, this fair is your destination for all things housing. Encounter a comprehensive assembly of stakeholders from Ghana's housing and construction sectors. Engage the experts across the spectrum of home creation and enhancement. The Ecobank Joy News Habitat Fair is in partnership with Ecobank, the Pan-African Bank, and powered by the Plant City Extension Project from Citizen Habitats. Rent to Own and sponsored by Elegant Homes and General Constructions Limited, where quality meets value. Global Lighting, your solution to quality lighting. Syntex Tank, Air Strong, Air Tough. Springfield Estates, where dreams are built. Virtual Security, complete security solution. DBS, your roof experts. Virtual InfoSec Africa, security solutions by design. Alphabet City. The ABC of Home Sweet Home, St. Gobain Weber, Jiprock, Prorock, Placo, Isover, making the world a better home. Clifton Homes, beautiful homes, wise investments. The Kissington Heights, Airport City, Kumasi, by HDG Homes Limited. Watching the polls here on Joy News. My name is Elton Brobe, and we will now zoom straight into the election headquarters because we've got what uh, less than a year, some a year and like three weeks to go for the national elections in December 2024. And already the political atmosphere is heating up. Now the MDC flower John Dramani Mahama has been on the roads in a few weeks, speaking to identifiable groups and the general public about his vision for Ghana if elected president on next year's general elections. He is dubbed the tour, the Building Ghana tour, through which he's announced a number of policies he plans to implement once he's back at the Jubilee House. One of them is his promise of creating a 24-hour economy, his grand plan for boosting the economy and creating jobs. So how much of it do you understand, and how can you participate if it becomes a reality in January 2025? In the studio to help us digest the matters that uh, the former president and the NDC Flabera is putting forth is the communication officer of the NDC, Sami Jemfi, and he joins me here in the studio. Sami, good afternoon. Welcome. Good afternoon, brother. It's been a while we met. Yeah, long time, but good to see you. All right, so before we zoom into what uh, Mr. Mahama is doing and why he wants us to give another opportunity to govern, 
some few minutes ago, I was talking about the latest on this LGBTI and the fact that uh, the, the sponsors say that they are ready to finally consider the clauses and with the expectation that it will be passed before the end of the year. Brief comments on that before we move to that. Well, um, we are excited uh, about the progress the bill is making um, in the House as Parliament, our Parliament. And um, we're excited because this whole process has been led and championed by our hard-working, gallant 137 members of Parliament, led by Honorable Dr. Atoforsen. And we commend them. We're happy that after pussyfooting, playing, you know, um, 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 hide-and-seek, the ruling New Patriotic Party has eventually uh, decided to support the bill. The right honourable Alban Bagben, the Speaker of Parliament, is, has been very emphatic and categorical about the fact that the bill will pass. But like every law, it has to go through the lawmaking process, fine-tuned, amendments where necessary will have to be made so that the law can serve its intended purpose. And so we are happy about the progress, and we cannot wait uh, for the law to be passed. And the NDG as a party fully supports it? Of course. Our members of Parliament are there on the ticket of the National Democratic Congress. And so when you see them advocating for any cause openly and boldly like they have done as a collective, then you should know that they are doing that under the leadership, vision, and direction of the mother party, the National Democratic Congress. 24-hour economy, and some say that it's just a political slogan. You are here to tell us the modalities, Mm -hmm. how you're going to implement it, what goes into what, what will go into it, and how feasible it is. Tell us more about it. Well, first of all, we must understand the, um, the, 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 how necessary this policy of a 24-hour economy announced by John Dramani Mahama is. Because, Elton, undoubtedly, unemployment is the biggest problem we are confronted with as a people. There are many young people who are searching for jobs, but are not getting jobs. The national security classified it as the number one threat to the security of the country. That is how serious high unemployment is. Unfortunately, we have a government that has proven to be totally clueless and hopeless as far as job creation is concerned. And that is why um, all the promises they made whilst in opposition about creating jobs have become pipe dreams. The last budget says that over one million has been created, both in the private and the public sector. Those are audio jobs. Those are jobs that are a figment of the imagination of the Kufuado Baumia MPP government. Because we know the reality. The reality is that they have created one million jobs. If they have created one million jobs, we will be seeing a drop in the unemployment rates. But what do we see? We are seeing an astronomical jump in the unemployment rate. When President Mahama was leaving office in 2016, the Ghana Statistical Service conducted the Ghana Living Service 7. Okay, uh, if you check that document, the unemployment rate for 2016-2017 was 8.4%. As we speak, if you check the latest figures from the Ghana Statistical Service, the unemployment rate has risen to 14%, about 14%. So where are the jobs they promised to create or they claim they have created? You understand? Dr. Baumia once stood on the platform and said, under President Kufuado, the economy will grow and grow and grow. And there will be jobs and jobs and jobs. This is the economy of Nanado Danko Kufuado. Today, where are the jobs? So it's a big problem. And for those of us in the opposition, 
is a major headache. And that is why the visionary nation builder has talked through the problem together with our experts and has come up with what organized labor describes as the game changer, which is this 24-hour economy. And what is this policy about? You see, it's all about productivity. Mm-hmm. Ghanaians wake up too late, they start work too late, and they sleep too late, uh, too early. Not by our doing, but because of the kind of economy we are operating. Eight we go to work, economy. eight, by 5 p.m., we are done, and we go to bed. Meanwhile, the power generation companies generate power even in the night. But there are no companies or commercial entities to consume this power. How can we be productive? There is no country that has developed by running an eight-hour employment shift but like we have done here. But isn't it the case that government has provided the environment? But those who take when I'm done, you will know that probably the right incentives and the, and the right conducive environment is missing, and that is why we have not had a thriving, multi-shift, 24-hour economy, the kind that the visionary nation builder is talking about. So we go to work at 8 8 a.m. We close. In Washington, our leaders are fighting the obesity epidemic by making sure that their health plans cover obesity treatments. If they would only do the same for the rest of us, we wouldn't have to make this ad. Tell our leaders, update Medicare policy to include obesity medications now. Paid for by the Health Equity Coalition for Chronic Disease. Wells Fargo presents one of the surest ways to grow your money. A Wells Fargo CD account. Where you can earn a 5.00% annual percentage yield on an 11-month term with a minimum opening deposit of $5,000. Visit a Wells Fargo branch or wellsfargo.com backslash CD rates to open a CD account and start growing your savings with us. Wells Fargo Bank, N.A., member FDIC. 5 p.m. Despite having the capacity to run multiple shifts and to work even in the night and ensure that we are productive. And so what this 24-hour economy is about is about creating that enabling environment for private businesses especially Mm -hmm. and some critical government agencies that I will talk about to be able to operate three shifts of eight hours each 24-7. And here we are talking about entities like manufacturing companies. Now for us... To see real meaningful transformation, mm. we need to begin to take industrialization seriously. But Cameron, nobody, add, nobody is stopping, on, stopping on, industry from undertaking what are the incentives? Three, what are three the, hour shift. What are, the, what, are the, what are the incentives? You yourself for? alluded to the fact that there is 24 hour provision of electricity. Let me tell you, we are, no, we are being, they are being restricted. You know what is restricting them? The high cost of doing business. High yeah, but, tax payments. But, but clearly, so, so you let me finish. You've asked me, what is this 24-hour? I've just given you the background. Mm-hmm. Now let's go into the soup. And so under the 24-hour economy, businesses are going to be given, number one, cheaper power as an incentive to operate in the night. Cheaper power. How are we going to do this? We are going to introduce what is called time-of-use tariff. President Mahama has spoken about it. It, it exists in many advanced jurisdictions. 
And time of use tariff simply means an electricity price you pay based on the day of the week you are consuming that power and the time you are consuming that power. So what we've realized is that our power generating companies produce power even when we are sleeping the night. And they aren't much companies and commercial businesses consuming this power. And that is what leads to this whole conversation about excess power and all that. So as a country, we are not achieving efficiency in that power generation sector. We are also not achieving productivity on the part of our businesses who are engaged in production and so on. And so can we introduce modern smart meters for manufacturing companies, especially agro-processing companies, who will be adding value to what to our agricultural produce. But how different? Yes, I mean, how, how different is it from the current uh, provision where in, tariff for industry is a bit lower than because for, this this is for, for, because for, as we for speak, private because as know, we speak we don't have a time of use tariff system in Ghana. So this is novel. This is new in Ghana. And this will only this will only exist in the night. Yes, when you use power of peak hours. As a, for example, between the hours of 10 p.m. Mm-hmm. to 6 a.m., because we will be giving you this modern, you know, um, um, smart meters, which will be calibrated to read, you know, at a lesser cost per kilowatt of hour you consume, you are going to be paying less. So in terms of power, which is a very essential ingredient for production, or for the operation of industries, manufacturing companies, and all that, they are going to have that incentive to want to operate in the night because it's going to be cheaper. Then there is the issue of tax incentives. The tax burden on our businesses are too much. You don't go to the ports or go to any grocery shop and buy any item. Look at the real cost of the product and look at the number of taxes on the item, from the COVID levy to um, get fund, NHI, VAT, all that. And this is suffocating private uh, businesses. They cannot operate 24-7 at that high cost. And so what President Mahama is saying is that any company that will sign onto the 24-hour economy system will benefit from these tax incentives. They are going to pay less taxes. Here, we are talking about hospitality businesses like hotels and restaurants. We are talking about manufacturing companies. We are talking about our ports. We are talking about... Um, 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 even state agencies like the passport service and so on with high customer you know, traffic, mm. but they have to close by five. Let me give you a typical example. Until President Mahama introduced or built mm. the MPS terminal at Terminal Port, terminal port mm. that port was closing at five. Ghana Port and Harbour Authority has been in existence for a long time, a very, very long time. Today, if you go to Takra, they close at 5 p.m. You, if, you, if you even go to Tema, they close at 5. And people who have cargoes and containers who want to clear these things have to always go back when it is 5 and come the next day and so on. And because these containers are cleared, these cargoes are cleared between 8 and 5 p.m., that is why you see that traffic on the Tema Motorway every day. So, and, but, so I mean, you but, said but, that, let me explain something to you. I, I just no, want no, to no, let me land on this point. On this let me land on this point okay. about the ports. Mm-hmm. And so President Mahama, when he decided to expand the Tema port to create jobs, built this ultra-modern MPS port we have today, which, is, which has made Tema port one of the biggest in West Africa today. And today, if you go to Tema, MPS operates 24-7. 
That is a typical example of a 20, the 24-hour economy we are talking about. Okay, so if MPS is operating 24-7 now, why can't we get Ghana Post and Harbour Authority, both at Takrade and Atema, to operate 24-7? Employ more people, ensure they are productive, get more revenue for the states. Let's talk about the tax exemption that you spoke about. So companies that will sign up to this mm-hmm. will enjoy some tax waivers. I, I like it when you say company that will sign on to this because... incentives like the cheaper power i spoke of like security patrols so that you are able to work within a safe and secured environment the same the same the same tax incentive matter that your your mps in parliament are saying that it is inimical to the economy they are not not saying that tax exemption it is is basically the same thing we are giving companies tax waivers let me explain that to to operate in uh, under this 24-hour economy government is also giving people tax waivers so that they can invest and employ more Yet your people giving, in parliament say that giving task we should do away with, no. with, with tax exemptions. Giving task the same. Giving task to strategic companies, manufacturing companies, agro-processing companies to be able to operate three shifts, to be able to work in the nights at relatively lesser cost mm-hmm. is not the same as this practice, this destructive practice we've been engaging as a country, where we give huge tax exemptions to multinational companies. Why should we give a Kufuado's uh, brother-in-law, Nyantechi, tax exemptions, you know, worth millions of Ghana cities to build a hotel? Tell me. A hotel at Airport City called Puma Hotel. Because the laws How many that, people will employ? Because there's a law that regulates this. That is why we are calling for a paradigm shift in how we give these tax exemptions. But that is not to say that tax incentives are not important and that we don't believe in tax incentives. Let me give you a practical example. And you have been in this media enterprise for a very long time. You remember that when we were in office, President Mahama gave stimulus packages to the pharmaceutical industry. You recall? Mm. The Tobinkos, the Danny Farmers, the NS Chemi, they were giving in the region of $25 million to boost their local production of pharmaceuticals. That revolutionized that look, that then nascent local pharmaceutical. The same has been given to FPAN. We created F-Pan. a lot of jobs. And now they are being called out as benefiting from an illegal enterprise. Well, I'm not aware of that. I don't know the details. I don't know why they are being called out. But I'm saying that if we want to create jobs, then the private sector must be the engine of that process. And for the, for the private sector to be able to play that role, expand and create jobs, that enabling environment will have to be created by government. And that, that involves thinking outside the box, coming up with innovative ways of making their operation less costly, competitive, efficient, and so on. We cannot, as a nation, continue to do the same things mm. and expect the same results. And that is why this 24-hour economy is a novelty that even organized labor has embraced and has described as a game changer. We are not talking about the Anajo night markets that Ken Uforiata, you know, spoke about during the, the, the presentation of the 2024 budget. The 24-hour economy is far bigger. How than, many, how many people, how many are you estimating to employ? Have. Oh, so far we are not putting any figures on that. 
Um, by the time the manifesto is launched, the flag bearer himself will be the one to announce that and provide those um, targets. However, what is clear is that this is going to be a voluntary policy. Mm. Businesses that are desirous of taking advantage of the incentives under the policy can sign on to the policy. Government will then look at their peculiar needs and provide them with what they need to be able to operate within a safe and secured mm. environment. Some will even require uh, government to facilitate transportation services, mm. security, special security patrols for them. Because you recall when mobile money vendors uh, began to work deep into the night, insecurity became yes. a major crime, became yeah. a major challenge. And that is why most of them today close by 6, 7 p.m. When we were a case, we had pharmacies and many... Uh, food vendors operating deep in the night because of insecurity, that is a problem. And that is why President Mahama says the priority will be on providing an atmosphere of heightened security, number one, tax incentives, mm. and cheaper power. I, mean, I just want to find out uh, the, the, the kind of economy we have now. Can this economy support this initiative that you have? Emphatically. Where, where, where you have IPPs on the neck of government asking that government pay their one billion Ghana cities in debt. Otherwise, they will switch off their plans and plan this country. But what does that, and all but of what does that, no, 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 no. What has that got to do with having, because in any case, the power, is it not better to get businesses operating in the night, operating 24-7, consuming power that today is lying idle, mm. so that at least we can get more revenue to pay for that power? Is it not better? Because when we are asleep and we are not working, we are not being productive, the power is being produced and we must pay for that power. Mm. Are you getting my point? So is it not more sensible to have a policy that encourages the businesses, the companies, the mining companies, the cleaning companies to operate in the night so that we can be consuming that power, okay, mm. and, and be paying something for that power, even if relatively lesser than what we pay for the power we consume during the day. So whichever way you look at it, this is a policy that is going to revolutionize the country and create more employment opportunities, but more importantly, create uh, productivity and efficiency in the management of the affairs of the country and also for our private industries. Because if we are to transform this economy and move from a, an economy that exports raw materials to so an economy that adds value to what we produce, we need to provide these businesses the opportunity and the environment to be able to operate 24-7 to optimize production. And they will only do so if the cost of production during those additional shifts are relatively cheaper. Right. So, Samuel Jeffy is my guest here on the post. We are looking at former President Mohammed and NDC Flabberas' 24-hour economy and how feasible this would be. But remember also that the former president, the NDC Flabberas, uh, Mr. John Mohammed, is in the Bono regions, started uh, last Friday, and the touring, selling his ideas to the electorates ahead of the election in 2024. One key issue that came up at one of his stops at Wenji was uh, his bold pronouncement that when elected, he would ensure the cancellation of the teacher licensure exam. Now, we've had a lot of reaction to this matter. Some join us back to 2016-2017 when the NDC was still in power, and the idea came up that uh, the, the Ghana Education Service uh, was in a process of introducing it and was going to start between the 2016-2017 academic year. So why the U10? So I'm tell us why a cancellation is key. When license, you are a lawyer, you are, you are, you are partisan with the licenses, why shouldn't teachers have the same? 
You see, why shouldn't they be recognized no, by that feat? One of the feet? greatest injustices that has ever been meted out to a group of people in this country is this obnoxious, needless, and useless licensure examination that has been introduced by the failed Ekufuado Bawumia MPP government. Is the most unjust thing I have seen being perpetrated against any group of students Why do you or any so? group of people in this country. Look, understand this. Licensing is not the same as licensure examination. Licensing is not the same as licensure examination. Section 12 and Section 13 of the Education Act 2008, Act 778 is clear. Teachers ought to be licensed and registered before they can practice as teachers in Ghana. We support that. We fully support the licensing and the registration of teachers. President Mahama supports it. The NDC supports it. However, we are against the use of a licensure examination as the sole basis for licensing teachers. And to practice. And to practice as a teacher. Because you don't have to write an exam before you are licensed. You, you cited me as an example. You said, I'm a lawyer. Mm. I'm licensed. Yes, I'm licensed. But I didn't write any licensure examination before I became a lawyer. How do you become a lawyer? You first of all need an LLB, a degree in law. So you can go to any law faculty and get your degree in law. And then apply to go to Ghana School of Law, mm. which is the only institution now in the country running the professional law course. Mm. And when you go there for two years... You undertake all the professional law courses. You pass your courses year one, year two. Then you are required to undertake a mandatory internship. Right, after. Program. In the course of the program. When you pass all your courses at the Ghana School of Law and you successfully go to the internship program, you are called to the bar and licensed to practice as a lawyer. Mm. You, only pra- you only undertake your pupillage, your one-year mandatory pupillage. Mm. After being licensed, you are not asked, to after you have passed your exams, to go and do national service for one year. And after national service, go and write an exam called licensure examination so that you might have passed at the Ghana School of Law with your certification and everything, but you'll be sitting home unable to practice law because you failed a licensure exam. That is what is being done to teachers. Currently, teacher trainees are undertaking a four-year degree program in all the colleges of education. Four years degree program. Very intensive. During these four years, they study almost 50 to 60 courses. Mm. 50 every semester. Because every year has two semesters. Yes. So eight semesters in all. Mm-hmm. Every semester, six courses here, seven courses, four courses, five courses, and all that. And as part of the curriculum for every semester, they do what is called STS, supporting teaching in school. So you are not only going to sit in the classroom and be taught, but once in a while, there is an allotted time on your timetable for you to go to the field and actually engage in practical teaching. Exactly. Under mentors. Mm. You do that throughout the four years. When you get to level 400 semester one, you now have to engage in a full semester field work. They call it internship or mentorship, where you are assigned to a mentor who then guides you on the practical act of teaching. 
you are required to prepare lesson notes um, 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 and other reports. Mm. Supervisors come to the field to assess you. When you are done and you go to school with your reports, you are assessed again. And then second semester, you undertake other courses, you write your exam and you pass four years. Mm. After you have passed and graduated as a qualified professional teacher, you are issued with your bachelor's of mm. education. Mm. That is your degree. Then the government says you are not done. President you are still not done after four years of pursuing over 40 to 50 to 60 courses, passing all your examination, going through rigorous, intensive, failed, practical internship. They say that is not enough. Mm-hmm. Go and undertake one-year national service. Despite the fact that throughout your four-year program of study in school, you were serving the nation by providing supporting teaching assistance. Mm. Still go and pursue another national service, which is alien to our, our, our system as a, as a country because all, for all these years since this government has been office, teachers were not undertaking national service. Their one-year mentorship then was considered as, as their as national, national service. service. Right. But now the government is going to undertake compulsory national service. And while at that, register and write a mandatory licensure exam, mm-hmm. an exam that has no active guide. But they were examining on the listen, very listen, listen. They were examining on the listen. very on the very subjects listen. that they had been taught, and yet yeah. a lot of them failed. Doesn't that listen. call to question the quality of their exam? Ah, they had already passed in school. Yes. So do you know what they examined them on? Literacy, numeracy, essential skills, an examination without any formula. You don't even know the marking scheme they use. You are not told the pass mark. You are the, the number of people who pass the exam depends on the number of people government want to deny employment. You see, this whole thing is a scam. The Kufuado Bawumia government doesn't have the financial capacity to employ all teacher trainee graduates from so our college. So you're thinking that that's the reason Let's why they... They don't have the capacity because they've not been expanding access to education. And if you don't do schools and you don't create vacancies, why are you going to employ them? They don't even have the money. So you know what they want to do, what they are doing? They devise a plan. We will smartly suppress the number of teachers we have to employ every year. So go and do national service. That gives us time. Whilst they are doing the national service, they won't pay them the salary John Mahama at Amos or Kofor or Jerry John Rollins would have paid them. You'll be paid 700 Ghana cities. A trained teacher, 700 Ghana cities or 600 Ghana cities thereabouts is what they will pay you. Definitely less than 1,000 Ghana cities is what they will pay you. And then after that, go and write the exam. You write the exam. At first, the past mark they said was 50. Mm. They can whimsically and capriciously wake up one day and say that a lot of people are passing. If we pass all of them, we can't employ all of them. So then they bring the pass mark to 70. They fail a lot of people so that you go and sit home doing nothing almost when you have gone to school for four years. Why don't you make it better instead of outright cancellation? Listen, like you rightly pointed out, we started this whole idea of licensing teachers. Mm. Because we believe that it is important for us to license teachers to check out, you know, fraud. Okay, to weed out fosters from the system, quack teachers and all that. Aside that, it's important for us to renew the license for quality assurance. Mm. And so we piloted a licensing regime at Shai Osudoku in mm. 2016. You know this. Right. My phone is off. I would have read a story to you. Mm. 
where we even announced in 2016 that we're going to embark on the full rollout of the licensing of teachers for 2016 and 2017. What were we going to do? We're going to look at assessing teachers, your punctuality, your regularity, your lesson notes, what you teach, the pass rate of, 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 of your students or peoples, um, what courses, professional courses you undertake within a certain period to upgrade yourself, what programs you undertake to upgrade yourself. So we're going to look at your output mm-hmm. because you cannot just set somebody goes to school for four, four years and then you set a two-hour examination for the person to write. No guide, no examiner's rep- I mean, no what, uh, 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 marking scheme. You whimsically and capriciously set and determine at any given time what a pass mark is. The person doesn't meet your pass mark, which only you know. Nobody knows. It's still a mystery. And then you come and say, I am not fit to be a teacher. If that standard was used, eh, will Akufuado be a lawyer? So what President Akufuado, let me tell you something. So, President so Kufuado, what exactly are you going to do different? President Akufuado, so in wrapping up number one, President Akufuado yes. has never sat in a classroom to study law. You know that. He has never written a law examination in this There's state. no denying fact that Yet, the president's a lawyer. Yes, he's a lawyer. Yeah, there's no denying. Very, a good, a no very good lawyer. He has many constitutional cases to his Absolutely. name. You know how he became a lawyer? Through an apprenticeship system where you are assigned to a mentor to train you. That was the system then. Now, you can't uh, uh, him for uh, that. Come on. So he, could, he is now a celebrated lawyer by going through apprenticeship. So and yet people have gone to school for four years, yes. studied 50 to 60 courses, mm. passed their exams, you know, undertake rigorous, intensive, practical field work they can do. Let me tell you, I have used ourselves as lawyers as an example. Let's talk about the doctors. Mm. They are engaging the enterprise of saving lives mm. and protecting all of us. Do they write licensure exams? Doctors. They go to school, they do the classwork. When it's time for them to do clinicals, they go and do clinicals. Mm. When you have passed, you have passed. You see, so listen. We are saying that let us license our teachers, but we will go back to what we started as I was through that pilot. And that we is- are going to license the teachers. Mm-hmm. You pass out, there will not be any um, compulsory national service for you because you have already done your service through the many years that you were teaching in public schools. Mm-hmm. That is your national service. Right. We will not require you to do another national service. I, I mean, I, there are many lawyers who are working at the AG's department today, they didn't do national mm-hmm. service. You understand? Aside that, you are not going to be required to write any examination. You get your certification, and then we begin your license, and then we assess you based on your outputs, based on your professional development, based on your punctuality, your regularity, what you teach, your lesson knows, the, 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 the pass rate of your children and all that. If you are engaged in a crime as a teacher, we, we, we withdraw your or revoke your license. Mm. Because there will clearly be a code of conduct. There will be standards that you need to conform to, uh, to within a, a specified period of time. Let us focus on the actual deliverables. In any case, my brother, if government does not believe in this four-year degree certification program for teacher trainees, what is the solution? Is the solution a licensure examination? Where somebody can just go and do chew and pour and come and pass an aptitude test on uh, uh, numeracy and literacy and so on, would that necessarily make the person a good teacher? No! The answer, therefore, would be, like President Mahama has said, if you think that the academic course, Mm. the teaching, the learning, 
the examination is not up to standard, improve it in line with best practices. Once you improve that, you can have confidence in the system and say that, look, once you pass this examination, I know you'll be a good teacher. You can't go to Ghana School of Law and pass Makola part one and two and be a bad lawyer. Yes. All right, because so I mean, we are sure mm-hmm. that inherent in that academic program a quality assurance mechanism that will ensure that you must study to pass the law. Right. And once you go through it, it means that at least you have the basic knowledge and understanding of the law to be able to practice law. It is the same for my brother. Is, my younger brother is a medical doctor. He graduated from the UDS Medical School a few years ago. You understand? Mm. And I know how they used to study and burn the midnight candle just to pass that medical examination. So difficult. But once you pass, because they have confidence in the system, they don't require you to write any licensure exam. Well, I guess, so I guess, I guess, I guess we'll have more time. Scrap to the, the mandatory national service. We will employ them automatically. There will not be any licensure examination, but they will be licensed. And periodically, their license will have to be renewed based on the many factors I have mentioned. All right. Thank you very much. Let's, let's, uh, in, in wrapping up this, this conversation, I mean, yeah. I don't know whether the, the farming bits. Yes, you know, he's but clearly they're speaking to the matter about the cashew the because the when, she, yeah. when she has a lot yeah. of you know cashew uh, not just when she that whole enclave of Bono Bono East is the heart. Yeah, when she meme and all those areas. Yeah, cashew exactly. farming. You know that place very yes, well. Exactly. And it's very sad that over the years governments have not really significantly supported the cashew. Government set up an authority. Uh, akin to cocoa board and the rest. <laughs> no, 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 no. Clearly, akin to some, cocoa board, something is being done. Cashew farmers have area. guaranteed. But what exactly, what, what exactly are you doing for uh, such farmers in the India? What area? we need to do is to support them, okay, with what they need to be able to increase their production. They will need free seedlings. They will need weedy size. They will need government to assist them with pest control and ensure that whatever they cultivate is able to grow and produce more mm. to feed the agro-processing factories, the cashew processing factories that the next NDC Mahama government will be setting up so that we will stop exporting cashew in this raw state to India and so on, mm. but add value to the cashew we produce. Without doing that, we cannot boost production. And to make that happen, we need a cashew marketing board, mm. okay, that will guarantee prices for the farmers and that will provide them with all these incentives that I've mentioned. This policy is very So what is, your plan, what is your plan for so, the poultry industry? As for a budget, they are just telling you sweet things. They told you as empire budget. But we can only hold them. We can, we can hold them. We can hold them to their promise. They told you they as said as that we have selected five regions to benefit you, from you, you, a special project on poultry. They didn't see budget. They told you in consort budget. They said about empire budget. They do review credit. There was confusion galore. They said what Ajinkwa budget. Then from Ajinkwa budget. You see, it's not about cheap sloganeering. It's about concrete policies. Take all their budgets. You will see that, with the exception of the draconian taxes they continue to impose on us, 90% of the lofty promises they capture in their budgets never get implemented. It's just a recycling of failed promises and projections in the budget. Let's look at the industry. Look, what we are saying is that we need to control the importation of poultry into our country. 
if our local poultry industry will ever have a chance. We started this under the XOL NDC Muhammad administration. You will recall when we introduced the 40% rule and said that any company desirous of importing poultry into this country had to buy 40% of that volume from our local poultry farmers. And we enforced it to the letter. We enforced it to the letter. We introduced the Ghana Broilers Project, supported 29 poultry farmers to go into that. And they had an agreement with Daco Farms, producing broilers, you know, and feeding that to Daco Farms who were processing it. At some point, we had to even withdraw the license of KFC and compel them to buy from Daco Farms. We complained about quality. We asked them to give them money to upgrade their machinery so that Daco Farms could give them the kind but of... But Sammy, you are aware that FDA, so ha- that FDA has been very insistent on leading supermarkets, sourcing their there poultry no, from, from locally produced ones. Eh, and there's been times there that... The that, 40% that, that, rule is a tale of the past. That they've been to these supermarkets the to 40, see some of this. The 40% important. rule is no longer in force. Why? Because there are many NPP financiers. The woman that Kennedy Japan claims... Uh, give a good for Adam money in 2016, Labianca. All these people, they are engaged in poultry, you know, importation. So because of that, what is this government doing? They've completely scrapped the 40% rule. Now you can imp- continue to import from outside. Our local poultry farmers are not able to remain competitive because there is no stimulus for them, no deliberate government policy for them. So you, and you, so they you, are just you, dying. You insist on the 40 percent. And that is one area that we can use to create a lot of jobs and even earn, you know, because the, the, the amount of poultry we consume as a country, it is completely unacceptable that we should be importing all this poultry when we have the capacity to produce them locally. So all you need is leadership. You see, leadership is course. The rest, you know, Leadership is what matters. You need a leader with a political will to say that you have the right to import poultry, but you need to buy 40%. That 40% rule will come back under the next NDC Mahama government. So for the many farms, especially in the Doma area, what is the plan for them? That's what I'm talking about. The, apart from once, the 40%. Because once, they, they can only oh, get a 40% course, when course, they course. produce. Of course. Yes, but exactly. you see, under the Ghana Boiler Project, government provided subsidized maize. To farmers, because that is what you know um, um, they, they use as feed for their poultry. And at the time, the price was around 52, 53 Ghana cities are above. Government subsidized that by almost half and gave it to them at 28 Ghana cities. These and many more are the things the next NDC Mahama government will do mm. to reduce the cost of operation of these poultry farmers, make them efficient, make them productive, make them competitive. Mm. So that they can produce more. When they produce, there must be deliberate government policy to encourage the buying of such produce. And that lies in the 40% rule. We have done it before, but for the bird flu we suffered in 2016 thereabout, we would have been at a very good place relative to poultry farming. But when we get the opportunity, inshallah, by the grace of God, come 2025, 7th January, you can be rest assured that will revolutionize the poultry industry, the cashew industry. Agro-processing will take on a new shape because you will see government intervention supporting private uh, companies and industries and creating the needed uh, uh, conducive environment for them to operate competitively. Final question will be running mates. So many talks about it. <laughs> I don't know how... I don't, I, I, I don't know the kind of pressure... 
the former the, president just asked The question of running Even mate. chiefs are asking that somebody be selected from a certain region. The question of running mates mm -hmm. is a sole prerogative of one man. His name is His Excellency. But the party, but the party will always have a He will consult the leadership of uh, the party as he has always done. Mm. Uh, so I suggest we uh, hold our horses and wait for him to do that. But I can tell you that no matter who he chooses, the NDC will be marketing his superior policies to the good people of this country. And I have no doubt that come 7 uh, December 2024, the vast majority of the Ghanaian electorates will look at the honesty of President Mahama. They will look at his vision for Ghana. They will look at his empathy for Ghana. More importantly, they will look at his experience. The fact that he's tried and tested. The fact that you can take him at his word. The fact that he takes responsibility for problems and fixes them. The fact that he's a revolutionary nation builder when it comes to developmental projects and give us another mandate to come and restore this country back on the path of true development and progress, to come and stop the decline, to come and stop the wanton corruption, the wanton nepotism and the abuse of the public purse. That is what, that is the governance. His Excellency John Dramani Mahama and the NDC are offering. All right. And I am confident that the vast majority of Ghanaians will buy into that as the EIU and Fish Solutions have already... I'm sure we'll have more time to, to digest into the NDC's program for Thank election you. 2024. But that's Sami Jemfi, the communication officer with the NDC, uh, taking us to the 24-hour economy, the plans for the poultry industry, the teacher licensure exam, the NDC's position on these matters going into the 2024 election. But we still stay a little longer on politics because the leadership of the governing MPP has dismissed four of its members from the party oh, why support, add Peter for supporting the presidential election. Are they scared ambition. of a by-election? Well, I'm they not should sure. be adding Peter I'm, I'm not sure Peter Mewu has, has also clearly indicated that he's with Alan Chairman. Okay, they should so, add Peter Mewu and Sakin. Sami, I'm done with we you. We are daring them. I'm done with you. Peter. I'm done with you. So, for supporting the presidential ambition of another aspirant other than the party's elected flag bearer. So, on your screen, you have Yabwabena Samwa, Hope Sinadoye, Nano Hininto is a former general secretary of the party. Abobina Samwa is actually a former communication director of the party. Um, very good friend. Boniface Sadiq Abubakar also. These are individuals that have been suspended from the party. And they are in contravention of provisions of Article 391 of this constitution, which makes it binding on all party members to abide by and publicly uphold the decision of the party. The dismissed members have been publicly seen supporting the presidential ambition of the former Minister for Trade and Industry, Alan Kojochamatim, who has resigned from the party and he is now bidding to contest the 2024 election as an independent candidate on the Ghana Movement slogan. Uh, so you've seen on your screen now is the MPP statement that communicated the dismissal of these individuals from the party. Right, so, so we will soon hear the reaction of one of the dismissed members of the party, I'm talking about Nana Ohininto. Nana Ohininto is a former general secretary of the party, and at the launch of Ms. Alan Chematen's independent presidential candidature, Nana Ohininto, together with a few other people, were seen at the, uh, at, uh, on the ground supporting him publicly, and he has gone, he's been dismissed from the party. He says that it, he says he's, done, he's done his job, and he accepts his fate, but insists he is convinced that he has made the right choice, uh, you know, with what he's done. So, 
let's this is the MPP statement that communicated the dismissal of the four individuals I just mentioned from the party, and the party goes on to mention their names. They say that for the avoidance of doubt, they've quoted the necessary article uh, communicating the uh, standing on these articles and making a point that they are in violation of the party's constitution. The reason why they have been asked to leave the party. A member of the party who stands as independent candidate against the officially elected member of the party or who joins or declares this for a support for another political party or for an independent candidate when the party has sponsored a candidate in a general or by-election automatically for faces or her membership of the party and in line with these constitutional provisions. It is the view of the MPP that Hobson Adoye, Nano Hininto, Bonifaz, Bukas Sadek, and Yawabina Samwa have automatically forfeited their membership of the party they are therefore no longer members of the MPP. And the, this statement is signed by Justin Kodia from Point General Secretary of the MPP. Former General Secretary, former General Secretary of the MPP, Nana Ohininto, is one of those uh, whose fit or whose uh, uh, relationship with the, M- with the MPP has been truncated. Nana Ohininto joins me on the Nana, good evening and welcome to the policy on Joy News. Thank you very much. Disappointed, happy with the decision taken by the MPP? All is very well. Uh, all is As I have said earlier on to some other media outlets, the New Patriotic Party's General Secretary has applied the party's constitution, which says that if in any public election, the party puts up a candidate and anybody who is a member of the party decides to contest that same election in a capacity as an independent candidate, or that any member of the party supports that independent candidate's endeavor, then you automatically forfeit your membership of the party. This is what the General Secretary's statement has triggered. And my position as a former general secretary is also very conversant with the party's constitution is that he hasn't done anything wrong. He has applied the party's constitution. The party is right in taking that decision. But is that supporting Martin Kandita for president as an independent? At Strayer University, we see you striving to work harder and go further. That's why we provide you with the tools you need to get there, like offering a brand new laptop when you enroll in a bachelor's program. So you can do your coursework anytime, anywhere, and always keep striving. Visit Strayer.edu to learn more. Eligibility rules, restrictions, and exclusions apply. Connect with us for details. Strayer University is certified to operate in Virginia by Chev and has many campuses, including at 2121 15th Street North in Arlington, Virginia. Nissan has a car for every driver who wants more. More action. More fun. More guts. More head turns. More adventure. More electric. At Nissan, more is all we do. First of all, it is my right as an individual to do that. Nobody can take it from me. No party can take it away from me. Now, second, beyond that, I am put 
that the situation that Ghana finds itself in today, economic, governance, issues about corruption, issues about job creation, issues about death, the deathbed, the, the overarching burden of death, that is of this country heavily down. Such that this country needs a radically different kind of leader, not a political party, a person. And who is this leader you talk my about? Decision, yes, my decision for supporting Alan is that I'm taking it as an ambassador of the same NPD government to the U.S. As ambassador. Major trade deal between Ghana and the United States, Agua, under which Ghanaian exporters export products from Ghana to the U.S. under preferential trade arrangements. Two, as ambassador to the U.S., in helping President Kufuor to set up this arrangement for the Millennium Challenge money, that gave Ghana a major boost in terms of infrastructural development. During President Kufour's Alan became Minister of Trade Kufour's time. He's the one who said, we can't run economy business as usual. Mr. President, we introduced special initiatives. President Kufour agreed. Up until today, those players he introduced in industry, oil palm, salt, mm. cassava People talk against it. People talk about it without even knowing what is on the ground today about these particular four subsectors of the industry unintroduced. And they have now become major players. Alan comes into President Kufuor's government. He comes to his mandatory man factory. And everybody can see it. In fact, it is one of the major things that MPP could take as their message. Otherwise, he said, if we don't take it, we're going to have difficulty having a message. He said he had committed treason against the party. But it is true. Now, Alan, even before he became minister in the Kufuor government, he initiated this whole Africa Free State Area project. By the time it was ready for formalization and conclusion, he had become trade minister. He managed with a skill and expertise to get the headquarters to Ghana as Minister of Trade. Now, if anybody understands AFTA and what potential it holds for intra-African trade and economic development, if Alan tells you, give me Ghana, and I'll be able to fix it, that's where Finally, mm. is that today, every Ghanaian will tell you, Ghanaian politicians cannot be trusted. Please come and make promises. And that's about it. Those who know Alan Kamateng as a politician know that he is one politician who promises basically nothing or very little and delivers <coughs> big without promising. Now, if today Alan has been able to move Ghana to the headquarters of the financial heart of Africa, mm. and he tells you, I have the capacity, he can be trusted. Now, I am saying that President. Mahama, who is the candidate for the NDC, he has done his bit. He was vice president. He became president. We saw what he can do. He's done his bit. What new magic is John Mahama going to convince us that he's able to bring? 
for Dr. Balmia, his case is even quite interesting for me. Now, listen. Mm. In 2008, when candidate Kufuado proposed that Dr. Balmia should become his running mate, we were all up and down as members of the party. The issue was that Dr. Balmia is not even a member of the party. How does he become running mate? Because this same constitution we are talking about today says that if anybody can become running mate or candidate for president, he must have been a card-bearing member in good standing, minimum five years. So the Bahamian was not even a member, let alone be in good standing for five years. But the candidate, Nana Kufuado, leader of the party, and it was his split. All right. The difference. Okay. The so, so for you, that where we are now, the person we need is Alan Kwajo Chairman Ten to take Ghana forward. But I know he needs to, I'd like to say thank you very much for, you know, explaining or reacting to uh, the decision on you. The official divorce paper served on you by the MPP, which you have gladly accepted. Well, folks, that's it for our show today, Monday, uh, on the pause. Uh, hopefully, tomorrow we'll be back same time on the same network to bring you another exciting edition. LTS is up next on your TV. My name is Elton Gobeb. Have a good evening.